0: Will you please stand together as we read from our gospel text this morning um, from Mark chapter 10, verses 32 through 45. And we read in Jesus' name. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. And they were amazed, and those followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was about to happen, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days he will rise. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant to us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or to be baptized with a baptism which, that with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand, or at my left, is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them? But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This ends the reading of the Gospel text for today. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together in worship, in adoration of you. Thank you for gathering us together, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube, whether it's drive-in or here in the sanctuary. Father, we thank you for such an opportunity such as this, to hear from you and your word that we might grow in the knowledge of who you are and what you have done for us in Christ Jesus. Father, as we look into your word at this time, Father, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear the message that you have for us this morning. We pray these things in the wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. The height of my marching band experience came during my junior year of high school. I was playing the first trumpet part, which is the part which plays the higher notes. I was excited to be able to play that part when I had it. But then senior year happened. When I first got my part, I couldn't believe my eyes. I was anticipating playing that top part again But that's not what happened. I was given the second trumpet part or the middle part. And then it came time for band to take place during the school day and I was thinking, well, at least I'd be able to play the second part. But that wasn't the case. I didn't receive the first part or the second part. I played the third part which was the lowest part. Frustrated, upset, or disappointed wouldn't begin to describe how I was feeling. Did I share those feelings with anyone? No. And so it affected not only part of my summer, but also half of my senior year. What I didn't see was the bigger picture. I was only thinking of myself. It was about what I wanted and what I thought I deserved. Isn't that what our society teaches us today? That it's all about me and what I can get for myself or my family? And this idea has even seeped into the definition of truth. Ask a high school student or middle school student about what truth is. Many of them might say that truth is what I think or what I believe. It is my truth and my truth alone. It is my truth and my truth can be different than someone else's truth. And even if those two truths do not agree, each truth is considered to be right because it's an individual truth. Everything in society and what it believes is one's life is wrapped around the individual. It's about what one wants, what one believes, and what one desires for oneself. This isn't anything new. In fact, we find that same exact issue in our text. James and John went to Jesus and asked him to do whatever they wanted. So James and John tell Jesus that that they want to sit next to him in his glory. In other words, they wanted the prime seats in heaven. They wanted status and recognition. And what we are witnessing is pride and selfishness. In the first century, as well as it is today, roles and positions were important to people. And James and John wanted to make sure that they got what everyone else wanted. But what happens when we expect something we think we deserve, or when we expect to get something we want, and we don't get it? Well, first of all, there is great disappointment. You can almost see the disappointment on the faces of James and John. Jesus tells them that they don't know what they're asking or when he tells them that the seats that they want are not his to give. It must have been like when Ralphie, in the movie The Christmas Story, wanted his Red Rider car- carbine Action 200 shot range air rifle. That was a bunch of words to say, wasn't it? But that was all that Ralphie ever talked about. One person after another person after another person asked what he wanted for Christmas and that was the only thing that he would say. He really didn't care about anything else that he received. He also received a bunny suit. It was pink. He didn't like it very much. And then I I do remember him receiving an ugly Christmas sweater. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I've seen it on YouTube. He really didn't care for that either. There was only one thing that was on his mind. And it was the Red Ryder Carbine Action 200 shot range air rifle. And Ralphie opened up gift after gift until all the gifts under the tree were gone. And according to him, Christmas was ruined. He would have rather not have had Christmas at all. But fortunately for Ralphie, there was another gift not under the tree. It was hiding in another place, and you can imagine what that gift was. It was his BB gun. The gun that was just mentioned a second ago, the Red Rider Carbine Action 200 shot range air rifle. And it was his, Christmas was saved. But could you imagine if Ralphie never got his BB gun? Is that how we respond into getting something we think we deserve, or we anticipate receiving? We are sometimes disappointed. Secondly, we have the wrong perspective. In verses 38 and 39, Jesus said to to James and John, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink, and with the baptism which I am baptized, you will be also baptized but to sit at my right hand, or at my left, is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it was prepared." James and John said that they were able to drink the cup that Jesus drank from, and to be baptized with the baptism that Jesus received. Did they understand what Jesus was asking? Did they understand the baptism that they would receive? No, they did not. What Jesus was referring to was about dying on a cross. But James and John were focused on what they wanted and they did not realize the cost of their request. They had the wrong perspective. They were focused on their own perspective and not God's. They had a perspective of self-centeredness rather than being God-centered. And chapter 10 of the book of Mark all talks about being those being self-centered, and those that were self-centered. The first thing that Jesus deals with in in this chapter is that of divorce. And that divorce was a separation based on what I wanted from my partner. When I was not getting from someone what I desired, then I would have to move on and get that from someone else. Legacy was important to the Jews in the first century. And it was important to them to have someone to continue that legacy. And when one could not provide an heir, men in particular would move on to someone who could provide that heir for them. And in that next section of chapter 10, children were being being brought to Jesus so that he could touch them. And what happened? The disciples started pushing them away. And why was it that he was pushing them away? Hey, we've got more important things to do. We've got to go to those people over there. We've got to go see the adults. We need real ministry to happen. We want to be able to be a part of that. But what does Jesus say? Hey, they're a part of the kingdom. They need to come to us as well. And the last example of this in Mark chapter 10 is is that of the young rich ruler. He went to Jesus and asked him, well, what must I do to get to heaven? What does Jesus say? Give all you have to the poor and follow me. And what happened? The young rich ruler went away sad. He went away sad because he thought that he would be able to get to heaven on his own merit. And what, with what he was willing to give up, he wanted to get to heaven on his terms as though he himself would be able to attain salvation by what he did or what he was willing to do. He would rather be dependent upon himself rather than be relying on Christ and what he accomplished for him. And so, when we expect things that we don't deserve, or when we expect things we we think we deserve, or when we expect to get something we want and don't get it, we have great disappointment. We have the wrong perspective. And there's something else that happens. Others see us and our own selfishness and pride. People see something in us that we don't want others to see. When the disciples heard James and John ask Jesus of this favor, how did they react? Were they happy about it? Verse 41 tells us, and when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant. They were angry. They were furious with James and John. Were they upset that they didn't think of the question themselves? Or that Jesus already responded to a similar question earlier in the day when the disciples had a question of who was the greatest and was just really upset that James and John had the audacity to ask that question? The passage doesn't give us that clear answer. But it is clear that when we think of ourselves and our own desires more than we think about God and his will, It usually leads to trouble. Most importantly, we point people to ourselves rather than to Christ. Can we be like that at times? Are there times where we are self seeking or or are being selfish or are being full of pride? How then shall we live? Shall we follow the norms of our society today where it tells us, well, you've got to go, if you want something, you've got to go get it. No matter what the consequences are. No matter how it hurts somebody. Or do we follow God? Do we depend on Him for what we need and for what we have? Well, Jesus answers the question, or answers the quest, request of James and John, and again answers the question of who is the greatest. Verses 43 through 45 says, but, should, but it shall not be among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We could say that it is something like a role reversal, right? Roles and positions are important to you. You want to be great? You want to be recognized? Or well, be someone that you're not. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It is about God and His will for my life. And not only was Jesus saying that the disciples were to be servants, Jesus was saying this about Himself He would be a servant. Jesus, the great leader, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the Jewish people, was going to be a servant. And in verse 32 through 34, he told us how he was going to do this. He said, And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was ahead of them. And they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And and talking with the twelve, he began to tell them what was about to happen. See, we are going up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days he will rise. This is the kind of role reversal that Jesus demonstrates for us to follow the kind becomes the king becomes the servant and humbles himself to the point of death in philippians 2 verses 6 through 10 we again read the humility that jesus had and what god did as a result of jesus taking on the role of a servant as he was given the greatest role in heaven could ever desire for himself it says, Christ Jesus, who thought, he was, who thought he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." So life is not about us and what we think we deserve or what we want for ourselves. What we want or deserve only leads to death. For what we deserve is God's wrath. We deserve to die. And yet God gave to us his mercy and his grace. He took what we deserved and placed it on the shoulders of Jesus. And Jesus took it to the cross, and he died in our place. And then in his resurrection, Jesus gave us something we didn't deserve. He gave us life forever with him. For just as Christ has risen from the dead we also will rise to be with him. This leads us to ask the question, how can we respond? We can respond with thanksgiving. We can thank God for taking the punishment of our sins from us and sending Jesus to die for us. We can respond with worship. We can praise God for who he is and what he has done for us. We can respond with humility. For Jesus humbled himself and accomplished something that we could not accomplish on our own. And we can respond with contentment for all that we have and all that we are and all that we will receive from him are not ours, but given to us by God. And finally, we can respond with faith by trusting in God for life and living according to his will. For he is the author and the giver of life. Do you really want what you want? Do you really desire what you deserve? I would gladly say no thank you. For what God has given to me is greater than what I could ever think or imagine. According to his will for me. It's my prayer that you don't think so much of what you don't get because you think that you deserve it, but you think of who God is and what he has given to you even though you don't. So praise be to God who doesn't give to us based on what we deserve, but gives freely because of his love. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to hear from you and your word. And Father, even though we might think that we deserve the world, we don't deserve anything. But because of your great love for us, you have given to us life. And you have given to us life more abundantly. And Father, we just pray if there's someone who has heard this message and has found themselves believing in you. Father, we pray that they might talk to someone today and say, I, want, I need to tell you about what I heard Jesus say to me today. And now I, I find myself believing. And Father, help us not to think about what we deserve or what we think we deserve, but help us to think about your grace, your mercy. So Father, we just again praise you and thank you for who you are and what you have done for us through your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.